Hi, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are, welcome to the Sage Sayers. I'm Debbie Gardner-McCullough. I'm an executive communications coach and a narrative coach from New Zealand, based in the fine state of Wisconsin. Every week, my podcast looks at communications tips and strategies, and we interview interesting individuals from all over the world who found some gifts, opportunities, and knowledge from some kind of life setback or challenge. With me this week is my guest, Chris Baker. Chris is my colleague. He's my friend. We train together through positive intelligence. It's the science and practice of developing mastery over your own mind so you can reach your full potential. And Chris is also, like me, a leadership coach. He's based in California, and he works a lot with construction leaders, but all kinds of leaders. Chris has a really interesting story that he is wanting to share with us today. He found to his dismay back in 2015 that he has melanoma. And as he's worked very hard to recover, Chris has discovered a lot about himself. He's learned about himself and coming through the other side and recovering He has also created big shifts in his life. So he's here with us this weekend on the eve of Valentine's Day weekend to share his story and share with all of us just the opportunity to grow from setbacks, but also the power of falling in love with yourself. So thank you. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I got now. I get the Valentine's Day pressure. I, I don't know. <laughs> I put some timely element on it, given that we are on. Now, let the, me I just need to take a quick note here before. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. power of falling in love with yourself. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's really great, Chris, to see you. And I wondered before we get into your story, if you could. Well, yeah, let's get into the story. So you told me about this when we were in class together and after following up, and you mentioned that you were going through your life, your career was going very, very well, you were very busy and doing well, happy, content, and then you found out that you had this melanoma cancer. Can you tell me a little bit what, tell us a little bit more what was swirling around you at the time before you even heard the news? What a great question, because there was, it's funny how the universe brings several things together at once. And at the time, your question has evoked a couple things. At the time, I had had success in my career beyond what I thought. I live in this wonderful place. My daughters were doing great, that empty nest. So that was a big transition for us. And I had decided I wanted to do something else, but I but I didn't know what that was. The, the trappings of the position weren't what I thought they would be. I, it's kind of a dream job in a way, but I was getting burnt out. I was and what, what, starting what was to, your job? What were you doing at the time? I was leading a, a, our construction organization, large utility here in Northern California. A lot of people have heard of it. Um, and I was leading our mobile construction organization. So we had linemen uh, setting poles, stringing wire, responding to emergencies throughout the state. And in a way, for me, it was a dream job. I had grew, grown up in the organization. We called it GC Line. It was like the Marines. We took a, just a lot of pride in what we what we did. And it was like this. I never dreamed I would be the leader. I was very humbled by that. And uh, such a such an honor 
for me to do that. The paradox was I, I was getting burnt out. I was getting tired. I was getting uh, disillusioned with things, with leadership. It just wasn't fulfilling anymore. Yeah. You know, a lot and of that how, happens. How did, how did you know it wasn't fulfilling? How was that showing up for you at the time? I was tired. Um, the the stress was weighing on me. A lot of it started to come when I put I invested a lot into my daughters, and once they went off to college, uh, it was like, oh, um, this this house is empty, and I got a wonderful wife and a great relationship. But it it, it started to be like, where what else is there? Mm. I think a lot of people go through that. At the, you know, I was in my what mid early fifties. And I was feeling burnt out. I was feeling tired. I was feeling unsatisfied. I thought there's something more for me. I was really searching. And I, I began to explore coaching at the time. And interestingly, it's again, funny how the universe does this. I was climbing. I had already had a melanoma on my face. No big deal. They took it out. And I had another one. And so, ooh, you know, the red flags start to go up. And they said, well, let's biopsy your lymph nodes. Let's see what's going on here. And I was climbing into my truck to fly to another state with a friend to explore a job opportunity, this next thing. Phone rings. It's my doctor. And we found cells. We found cancer cells in your lymph nodes. So those of you who know cancer, if it's in your lymph system, that's, a, that's another stage. It's like, this is game. This is serious. And so here I am climbing into my truck to do this exciting thing and explore this new opportunity. And the call comes. So that was quite a, quite a, quite a moment. I'll never forget it. I came back in the house. I told my wife. So talk about swirling, Debbie. There was a lot of swirling so in you that came, moment. So you came back into the house. You told your wife, and then what? What was happening in your body at the time as you heard that news? Where did you feel the? Where did you feel the news settling in? I, I felt it in her because she cried. Mm. Yeah. She doesn't cry. And <laughs> so that was, you know, that's the a paradox about this for me is that it was about me, but it wasn't. Mm. It, it really wasn't. And you talk about finding love and these things. And, and I had to go. I had a plane to catch and I, I went and caught the plane with a dear friend and, and I did my thing. So I, I don't know where it was in my body. It was probably in my head. It was probably some kind of denial, like, okay, yeah. you know, we'll just take care of this and, and I'll get on with things, I, I think was was part of it too. So the reality of it probably hadn't set in now that I reflect on that moment. So, but I was concerned the, about the, her. Yeah. And I was concerned about telling my daughters. Yeah, that was the worst. That was the worst thing. Is oh my gosh, how are they going to do? They're away from home. I'm their dad. You know, <laughs> wow, that was hard. So you, so you get back in your truck. You yeah. go on your trip. <laughs> right. Well, I'm kind of amazed that you went on that trip, but you went on that trip. And how did you, as you went on the trip, how did you? What came to you more? The the voice of the doctor about the lymph node news or the response to your wife or both? It was, um, and this was present for me throughout, it was this belief in the ultimate outcome was going to be good. 
Mm. Where, I, where did that come from? What, what part, I, of you your, know what? part of your background <laughs> did you tap upon to go I, I there? Don't, I don't know. I don't know. My parents, um, it's something I, I discovered. I, it, never, it never got me down. I always had a belief. It's like, okay, what's next? What do I need to do next? So I need to go explore this opportunity because I'm going to get better. And while I'm there, I got to make arrangements to go see my doctor. What do I do? It was more of a, it was more of a, what do I do? And this belief in the outcome that the outcome would be good. And I, I just believed, <laughs> I just believed. And I just, that was a discovery. Mm. It, you know, that was, that was a discovery in my, that, that, that I could do that. Mm -hmm. I had never, nothing like that. You know, you don't get that call maybe once in your life. Right. My life was good. Mm -hmm. And this terrible thing, this terrible news, this terrible potential. And it was like, okay, I got this. And I surprised myself, perhaps, uh, even in this moment, I feel like I'm bragging, but that's just how it was. Mm-hmm. That's just how it was for me. And, it, you know, that there were some bumps along the way. I didn't, wasn't like, tell I just us, went tell to us work about and, those bumps. Yeah. So the, so the, the first big one was, Hey, Chris, um, if you can see, you know, podcasters can't see, but if you can see Debbie, there's a big scar from my ear down to my larynx here. Yeah. So they had to do what's called a neck dissection. They took my entire lymph system out of my neck. And it was an 11-hour surgery. I woke up in intensive care with a breathing tube. And you don't ever want that. And it was it was horrible. It was horrible. And it took me a month to recover. And it hurt. And <laughs> a lot of things happened. And um, then... You know, then I get out of that and then we start immunotherapy and the immunotherapy doesn't go well. So all along here, the the um, the cure is worse than the disease because <laughs> melanoma is like, what is it? Where is it? I can't grab it. I, I can look at it sometimes. So, so I got colitis from the immunotherapy and I'll be transparent, but I won't go any further. That's just an inflamed digestive system. They, then they put me on steroids to get me off of that. I got really powerfully manic. And so it was, a, it was hard. My daughter was graduating from college in the middle of this colitis tornado, and I did not miss that. And so those things were, those were huge, huge challenges for me and my family. But again, to me, <laughs> I'm kind of humbled by this. It was, okay. I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to lean on my wife, my daughters, my, my family, but I, I, I can do this. Just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. And when you ask, tell me what to do, who are you asking for? My, my doctors, my doctors. Yeah. I made this, I made this, I could have gone to Stanford cause I had kind of a unique one and they said, Hey, we will take you. And I said, you know what? I'm a local guy. I'm born and raised here. I don't want to drive up there. And it was a, brilliant unconscious decision because I developed these relationships with these doctors that continue to this day. You have a team of people and I, I had questions for them. If they had a half hour appointment, they'd spend an hour and a half with me. No question. Mm -hmm. And I just knew they were on my side even to this day. And that was, that was that team 
and the way they treated me was just amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was amazing. It, it, you know, I forget the question that you asked because oh, no, I'm, so I'm listening. I'm listening. So this, <laughs> so this, this whirlwind of the colitis and the treatments from the melanoma yeah. treatment and the response to that, and then seeing this. But you had this this feeling all along. You got it, and then yeah. there was this teamwork from the doctors that you were seeing, but also this love from your wife and family. So yeah. looking back, would you say it took this kind of health setback for you to see the love? Yes. I mean, I, it saw, I saw into myself a lot and I, the, to see the love. It was to see and feel. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I I already saw it. Maybe I. You know what? You know what surprised me was the doctors. So yes, I'm going to say yes to that. I saw it in my wife and my daughters. I knew that when I went into surgery and I came out, they would be there. I just knew, and because I was there for them. So I their their love. My dad, my mom had passed away. I I knew that, and other family members. What surprised me was the doctors. Mm -hmm. And a, and a few other people just really surprised me. You know, people say, "Hey, whatever you need." People get uncomfortable when you have cancer, but some people just busted right through that. And they they called me, they checked on me, they didn't even ask. They just really cared, and they just that just blew my mind. That that there's I mean there's angels, there's mm -hmm. angels out there, and I saw them. Yeah. I saw him and I didn't believe in him till then. Yeah. Yeah. So in um believing and seeing in those angels, that was a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I what did, this, you do with, what did you do with that gift? So the so one thing on on the the you know if someone you know, we, t as, as you and I know from our work in mental fitness and positive intelligence, wishers odd, there's a gift and opportunity in, in everything. Well, there is. And I didn't know what it was, but that was certainly a gift. And I would say, and I, I've heard this from other cancer survivors is that's the best thing that ever happened to me. It was, it was awful. I mean, look at this scar, look at the story. It was awful, but I wouldn't trade it. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. And my discovery, I saw these angels, these doctors, these friends, and I found, I discovered something else too. And the gift was in serving others. I, I, I was a good guy. I had a good, I did work. I cared about other people and I was a good citizen of the world, but the the thing that was most fulfilling in the worst moments of suffering was doing something for someone else. Mm -hmm. It just, it lifted me up. It, it sustained me. And whether it was, you know, cleaning the kitchen before my wife came home or calling my daughter to say, how are you doing? And listening to her in a different way. Uh, then I had them very introverted and kind of unapproachable. Well, that all changed <laughs> for me. I one one story I like to tell is I I was 
at work, I was doing this leadership roundtable where I'd bring people in. I was mentoring. We'd talk about leadership. I'm kind of a nerd about that. And I was just doing it. And I was off work for a period of time. And one of the roundtables came back up while I'm going through all this. I'm recovering from the surgery. I drove an hour with a wound draining, bleeding, and ugly stuff to go see them. I hadn't even checked my emails at work. I didn't care, but I drove an hour to see them. I'm driving back, I'm bleeding all over my shirt. And I said, oh my God, Chris, what, what just happened? You just, what did you just do? You shouldn't have been driving with this nine inch wound on your neck that's bleeding. What did you just do? And it was like that moment of, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to serve these people. I want to help them to be better leaders. I want to teach them and serve them because that you can live a balanced life. You can be an effective leader. You don't have to get burnt out like I did. You don't have to let a corporation spit you out in a way. There's so much more here. And, and it's like, there it is. There, there it is. And that that was that was another gift in all of this. And here I am today talking to you on a Friday afternoon about coaching and cancer and we're doing positive intelligence. Holy cow, my cat's sitting here with me. Life is good. <laughs> Life is good. <laughs> right. And so it gets me. So it sounds like not only did you have this gift where you saw these giving angels, you called them, these caring people, not just your family, but the, the surgeons and the health professionals who served you, but you had a knowledge piece there too. Like this is what I want to do. It was, yeah. It, you know, it was uh, retrospectively, it was, it was trying to happen and the cancer just like the clouds parted, right? And said, here, Chris, this this is the thing uh, so for you. Clarity, it, it cleared. So yeah. what, what did you do with that clearance of that clouds and that knowing? So what did you do? I, I, I went to CTI. I got my coaching certification. I did it like straight through. I started coaching people. Um, I engineered things. I was still recovering, but I was doing that too. Um, I engineered it. I turned 55. So I was blessed with being able to retire and get all that, all of that. And so, and started a, started a coaching practice. And, and two, I started a coaching practice with some very strict boundaries around how much I would work, who I would serve, how I would balance my life. Cause I, I feel like I'm a like a stress refugee or something. Like I have to really be careful about this because I don't know that all that stress caused this cancer, but hmm, you know, immune system, cancer cell, I don't know. There's something something there. So I'm just really careful about balancing my life and how much work I'm doing and doing only work with people I want to work with. And what a what a blessing that is. What a blessing. Know? And yeah. In your in your home life and in your work life, how is that? What has resulted from those choices and honoring those values of self? What well, which values are you honoring with that? With those boundaries, and then what's resulted? Yeah, um, hmm, good question. Um, <laughs> That's kind what, of a you know, what's, <laughs> I think, 
What I set out to do was have freedom over my time. At 30 years in a corporate job, you don't have freedom. You don't get to choose who you work with. And I was driven by, you know, I don't maybe they were saboteur, but voices where I had to be, had to do, this is what success means. And it was partially true. I had a pretty happy life. It was partially true. And my life now is about, I don't have to be any of that. I can serve in a way that I want to serve. I can work as much as I want to work. And I can um, live the life with my wife and my daughters and my cat uh, the, the way I want to. So it's such a, it's, it's a, it's a value of freedom. It's a value of time, how precious time is. That's not just a cliche to me. It's a real no. thing. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I wish I, you know, I could give that gift to everybody. It's a value of service to mm -hmm. others. And it's, it's a value of taking care of myself first so that I can be best for my family. Yeah. I can be best for my clients. I can live a long life. There's people that count on me and I count on them and I want to be here. Right. And how, how has that worked for you? What's resulted from these this beautiful knowing and making that part of your boundaries with your work? Um, how has that worked for me? Well, yeah. I don't I don't work a lot. I don't a lot. A lot's a, a relative term, right? I, I work when I want. Um, and you know what the best way to say is I can say yes. If you are I have a friend who she lives in town here. We grew up together. She calls up and says, Chris, let's go for a walk. I say, yes. Mm -hmm. You know, we have, uh, my dad, we started a wine label here in Aptos, Aptos Vineyard. I, I, you know, my dad wanted to do it. My wife does it. I said, yes, uh, to that. We, um, somebody, my daughter says, dad, I need some help with this. Yes. Uh, let's go to Seattle. My youngest daughter lives in Seattle. Let's go to, of course, we can't COVID, but it's it's just about saying yes and having the freedom to do that is is probably been the, the best way to describe the result. I'm happier. I'm more fulfilled. I'm, I feel more connected to my wife, to my daughters, to the people that matter in my life than ever. I'm 58 and I'm just like, oh, now I'm getting it. <laughs> oh, so good. And um, how's how's your melanoma? It's fine. I have you know I have to be uh, vigilant. Sunscreen, um, hats, long sleeve shirts. That's all I have now. Um, it's been I lose track of time, but I get scanned every year, and nothing has shown up in the last five or six years. Mel melanoma is insidious, though. You got it. Never goes away. You could. You can say it's not here now, but it can come back. You don't go into remission, really. It's just kind of kind of always there. So I really have to be vigilant and disciplined about, you know, certain aspects of my life. Oh, thank you, Chris. It's a beautiful story. And as we close our wonderful conversation today, if anyone's listening to this podcast and either they have a health setback that's challenging them or they know someone that they love who is challenged with health, what would be your parting wisdom for those folks? Oh, find, the, find those angels. I mean, have the, have the belief in the outcome because uh, you can't control it really in some ways. Have that belief in the outcome, but, but find those angels and let them help you. 
let them help you. They're they're out there and they and they want to help. Let let them do that for you. That would that would be my my wisdom. Well, thank you, Chris. It's been such a pleasure having you on our show today. This is Debbie Gardner-Kala, and you've been listening to The Sage Sayers. It's my weekly podcast on executive communications, tips and strategies, and stories from delightful people like Chris and others all around the globe who found gifts, opportunities, and knowledge from challenging situations. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week. Bye for now. Oh,